Dog, put down your sausage, mate. <laughs> Don't play with your banger on the... Uh... Bangers and gash. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in, oh, so sunny, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza. What's up, Wiggy Wiggy? I'm bringing back some of the old favorites, <laughs> all the old chestnuts. Yes, I know, right? Uh, joining us in the virtual garage tonight, looking beautiful with her gray streak through that luscious black hair it's miss emma and this is miss emma meow <laughs> see i'm sorry i didn't give you enough time to come up with something clever that's my bad um <laughs> joining us from his his house in the land of big trees it's stumpy john what's up everybody being stumpy is not a crime <laughs> <laughs> you know we had um a listener uh email us uh said that his nickname is stumpy too <laughs> so you're not you the go. only one stumpy's unite <laughs> exactly <laughs> and coming to us from the land of vespas it's bagel greetings and uh greetings to the very lucky squirrel who i uh narrowly missed on the ride today nice and then uh in his kitchen eating that we're all watching but he muted so he can't hear us it's douglas He'll show up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He, he just left the camera on. He went to make some food. Um, but I wanted to start because we had such a busy day today. First of all, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's always beautiful. But this weekend felt different. Did you guys feel it? Like it's spring and like everyone is busting out now. Um, it mean it's summer. Is it summer? <laughs> It's, well, at least up here it felt like summer. Well, don't tell that to Michelle in South Dakota. I think it snowed the other day. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Yikes. Um, big crowds here. And, of course, we had uh, Jason from J.P. Hans um, doing another suspension workshop. I had people showing up early today, which was really cool. Um, and yes, you weren't able to perform your morning ablution. No, I didn't get to do my no. morning poo till this afternoon. I know. That's bad news. I was still in the house. I heard the engines. I'm like, uh oh, they arrived early. <laughs> but we had people coming from all over uh, Northern California. Forty dollars suspension tune ups. It was a good day, and uh, Jason was there, and uh, Mommy Megan with baby Elliot, and we had dogs, and we had just people everywhere. Cat uh, showed up today. It was great to see her. And uh, just having a lot of the old schoolers and uh, brand new people and listeners. Well, you guys were there. It was a good day. And, yeah, incredible. Uh, um, talk about the old schoolers. I'd like to give a big shout out to my homies in Monterey, the Inca Mayans, who came down. We had uh, Bolivia in the house. Yeah. Big time. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. had two roll up on an Energicus. And, yeah, uh, we had a few, few energicus here. Yeah. Wow. They came from Florida and traveled across the country. They, wait, they weren't on energicus, were they? Yeah. Oh. Yes, they were. Oh, yeah. oh, well, we had Morgan and Tony and some of the other wackadoos here. Yeah. Yeah. It was an electric bike day. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, but 
it's it's just a reminder of why it's so important to get your suspension set up because so many people said I haven't touched it since I got it from the you know from the shop and he can go in there and tweak it and your preload and your rebound and your balance and it's really worth it um who let's see but we didn't get a lot work done today oh I did put new decals on the KLR that's going to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. It looks prettier now. And I saw you playing with your decals. How did they come out in the end? Did you did you did you put the center stripe one on? Yeah, I, I put them all on. It all worked out. Um, <clears throat> by the time I got to the other side of the bike and it was late in the day, I didn't care as much about bubbles. After all, it is a KLR. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but I also got a volunteer to ride it to South Dakota. Victim. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And that would yeah, be. Victim, start with the same V, darling. Huh? <laughs> what? Start with the same letter. Volunteer, victim. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be John himself here. All right. Hey. Stumpy on it going on a road trip. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. And I told him there's a lot of really cool things to see. I mean, even when Jim and I did our trip and we saw, went through Yellowstone and Devil's Mm -hmm. Tower and Idaho is really cool. The Snake River, um, Bonneville Salt Flats. There's a lot of really cool stuff to see on a bike. Um, The only thing, like, I think going through the desert in in this summer... Uh, Nevada Desert. How's that bike going to do? That's an air-cooled bike. How's it going to do in the heat, Emma? What's air-cooled? It's water-cooled. Oh, it is water-cooled. Yeah. yeah. I just just think the thing is just so archaic. It's a water-cooled, so it should be okay. No, it's a water-cooled bike. It's going to be fine. And um, I should probably see if there's any coolant. (laughs) Yeah, you should. (laughs) Well, no, John, and I want you to know that the, the bike was sold to Liza through Mototown. And um, you get the exclusive Mototown end of the driveway guarantee. So if it makes it to the end of the street, um, you're good. <laughs> that's the end of the guarantee. Hey, Emma, do me a favor. Tap on your mic. Yeah, your mic is not on. It's going from the oh, computer audio. I've got a better idea. It's, I mean, it sounds pretty good, but it can sound even better. Plug it in. It's going to sound better if I plug the fucker in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that you're wearing that. You don't even realize. Do um, I sound better, darling? Ooh, oh, li- yeah. A little loud. Just pull it back a ways from. Yeah, there that's you go. what he said. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So John is. Yeah, he's going to have an adventure. Yeah. And I'm super pumped. I, I, I've never. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just super pumped to get out there, and, and I've never been to Black Hills, and never been in that part of the the country. Um, I've been in Wyoming, but not in South Dakota. So, so yeah, gonna head out and uh, see if uh, see if we get there. Okay. And talk to Michelle out there. Um, she'll send you out on the most amazing roads mm-hmm. and dirt roads too. And they're all like, oh, yes. you can do loops, like infinite loops from where her motel is in Custer of dirt and and pavement and and see amazing things like cr- the the crazy horse that they're still carving mm-hmm. half carved it's pretty cool um so yeah thank you for volunteering we actually had a bunch of people reach out volunteered to do that so michelle and i started looking at right. buying another bike um, to send out and, 
And I would like to actually, if I may, mm -hmm. read a message I got from Michelle this morning. Ooh. She's going to be embarrassed about this, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, and the, the, the message goes, hello, beautiful. Just a note to say I'm thinking of you. Hope all is well with Motortown. I'm so excited to see it open and grow and be a huge success for you. Hugs from South Dakota, Michelle. Nice. P.S. If you like a Santa Cruz Motor Film Festival poster for your wall, drop me your mail. <laughs> and, you know, yes. But this is the community we live in. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. No, Michelle's great. Yeah, which, hey, thanks for reminding me because that was on my list to mention. Uh, don't forget to get your tickets to the Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival, which is happening May 14th through 30th. It's online. You don't need to be in Santa Cruz to view it. It's pretty cool. Also, it's free. What? Yeah, it's free. Yep. The first weekend of viewing is free and if you want the extended viewing to get it for the full uh 14th to the 30th it's only 10 bucks that also gets you uh we're going to throw some extra content i'm going to be doing some interviews with some filmmakers and such um also you and guys I just want to clarify liza yeah for uh for our listeners who are in london specifically they're in yeah. london Darlings, when Liza says free, she doesn't mean a number between two and four. She means zero. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's one, two, three, four, isn't it? Hey! So go on down free to queen. Rev Sisters, that's R-E-V, sisters.com, and you can get your tickets there. Um so let's see. We got a couple things. Let's talk about the one show. Why don't we? You guys, yeah, it's coming up. About, is that two weeks now? Yeah, I think so. Um, we are leaving me and Mr. McCarthy and Jonathan the Dalton mm -hmm. are leaving on Thursday lunchtime, and we're heading to. We'll probably it's an eleven-hour drive, so we'll break it up. We'll do five hours, which will about put us in Reading. And I think we'll overnight in Reading and then we'll continue on to the one show. I've got to be there um, earlier than you guys because mm -hmm. um, we have to get Miss Turbo in for um, 3 p.m. on Friday. Yeah. So, um, but apparently the show is open that evening. Yeah. Um, opening the doors five o'clock, I think, or something. I have to check. I know Jim and I are getting in in the early afternoon. He said something about a place that has great steak that we need to go. Bagel, do you know oh, something right. about that? Okay. Um, what are you going to do? Um, are you going to rent a car from the airport? <laughs> he said bring lots of $1 bills. I'm not sure. Oh, I know that place. <laughs> I know that place, Bagel. <clears throat> yes. The pl um, place Bagel doesn't talk about anymore. <laughs> Well, no, that's fine. I'm I'm hoping to run into some old friends there who I've stayed in contact since last year. Um, Liza, yes. are you renting a car at the airport with Jim, or are you relying on your friends to collect you? I rented a Jeep. That's right. Because so, when in okay. Oregon? When in Oregon? Yeah. Oh, dear Mikey three times. 
Last year, <laughs> three times. So oh last year, when we went to um, the one show, it was just before the pandemic. We just squeaked in before the pandemic. And I thought, I am just going to rent the cheapest car imaginable. So I went on this website and I just rented the cheapest, absolute cheapest. I didn't know what I was going to get. I just pressed the cheap O button. And I got this awesome Subaru Impressor four-wheel drive. It was brilliant. I loved it. Mikey three times, very much like you, Liza, thought, I'm going to rent a Jeep because I'm going to be great. And he was presented with this lipstick red mommy (laughs) SUV. And you could (laughs) tell. We met at a restaurant outside the airport. So we, we went off in our own directions to get our individual cars. And, of course, I was in a Subaru, so I got there ahead of everyone. And I saw this lipstick red Jeep four-door pull in. And I thought, that's a mommy SUV if ever I saw one. And this crushed Mike. And he, he looked embarrassed to be driving this thing, as well he should, because, um, you know, it was hooker red. It was quite his own way, but I, I think he Mind. He was going to get this thing that was like flat black with a skull and crossbones. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've had people reaching out saying that they're going to be there and want to know where to meet us. The problem is I haven't seen this. This is a new setup, so we don't really know how it works. Um, I would say probably the best thing is to look for the pink gold wing with a turbo attached. And yes. you'll probably find one of us nearby at any Hovering, given time because i have no intention of spending all my time with miss turbo um i mean at best my relationship with that thing is tenuous and i can usually stand about two hours of a company and then i've had enough so i'll be fobbing i'll be fobbing it <laughs> wait off am i miss turbo or are or is your bike miss turbo <laughs> my bike is miss okay turbo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Liza is lacking a nickname. I kind of noticed that, so we could. Maybe when you find have that. a name, an, an uncommon name, you don't need the nickname, right? Um, but yeah, that's the best bet. Or what we can do right now is we can take the opportunity of describing ourselves. But the caveat is, you're not allowed to describe yourself. You have to describe another member of the group. Um. Okay. Emma looks like Lisa Loeb who aged poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Bagel, conversely, Bagel looks like the guy on the Gorton's fish stick packet who had a fight with some orange food dye. No. (laughs) Liza looks like Heather Locklear after the accident. (laughs) <laughs> After the botch surgery. <laughs> oh my. And um Mike McCarthy is the absolute spitting image of Bluto from the Popeye cartoons. <laughs> oh yeah, God. and if you I, I describe Jim as like a oversized toddler. <laughs> An oversized bearded toddler. <laughs> So there you are. We'll be easy to spot. Yeah. Oh, and just, and John Dalton, he's he's our exotic that we're bringing with us. Oh, that's yeah. right. Um, he is very exotic looking. He is. Um, 
I mean, you know, you, can, you can play guess that Asian all day with him. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he carries it very well. <laughs> but, um, so easy to spot. Um, look for the circus troupe. Um, <laughs> look for the freak show. The, the misfits. <laughs> the misfits, exactly. <laughs> and do you remember, just a reminder, if you want to get some free swag... All you got to do is go up to Bagel and say, Emma. Kiss a ginger, 25 cents. Yes. Yes, in your best yes, you Emma accent. Kiss a ginger. <laughs> Doug, Doug is shaking cent. his head like, nope. Just say it. Don't do it. <laughs> yes, just say it. Don't do it. And you'll get some special Emma swag. Ooh. Special Emma Schwag, if you have drawn Bagel's beard on your face mask, and if you've never seen Bagel's beard, that's fine. You've just got to approximate what Bagel's beard looks like. Um, my suggestion is you buy some fish sticks and um, look at the gentleman on the front and just get out the orange crayon. So, um, just the Gordon's fishermen. Yes, exactly. There you go. And conversely, you cannot trust a bagel. With what? Gingers have no souls. Yes, because he'll, he'll, steal, he'll steal your heart, darling. So uh, hopefully look for us at the one show. Oh, God. And, and just remember to find bagel and say the magic phrase. Kiss um, a ginger 24 cents. Um, so... <laughs> Lots of socializing oh, going on at the garage like- today, but there was someone who was actually getting work done. In fact, I got to talk to uh, Amber, who was there yeah. with her Ninja 250, who made some progress. But again, we talked about last week how she started getting a little bit down on it. And I told her a story. I said, look, Amber, let me tell you about years ago when the garage was still kind of new <clears throat> and I had this guy come here with a free bike and uh all he had to do was get it running and one thing after another that bike just wouldn't run in fact it would run backwards and he had to rebuild that engine like five times but he didn't give up he just kept going and then he finally figured it out and he got it running even though it wasn't really worth much just an old little honda he loved that bike so much in fact after he sold it years later it showed up on Craigslist, and he bought it back. And I said, and, and she's like, wow, really? I'm like, yep, in fact, he's right there. It's Douglas who's <laughs> working on that bike right there. And it was kind of cool to tell her, like, yeah, nice. it's worth it. And it's not just worth it because of the bike that you'll have. The bike is still going to be, sorry, it's still going to be a piece of shit bike. But Douglas, for you, what was it? What was that feeling that you finally figured it out, you know? Uh, well, to be honest, uh, Adrian actually figured it out. She was like, it's the, it's the timing. Mm-hmm. So it was an $80 used part after five rebuilds, replacing oh, the boy. starter clutch, which was getting damaged every time I tried to start it. So I was, I was fixing the, the problem that the timing was causing inside the motor when it was an external fix the entire time. But that feeling when it actually started up and ran over and over and over and over again with no flaws after it was fixed, it was like gold and mm-hmm. doing that that many times and having the bike in absolutely every single piece you can imagine. Um, I know that bike, like the back of my hand, 
Yeah. And uh, it's a good feeling. If something goes wrong, I know exactly what's going on. And that's something that's so great about these, you know, project bikes, resurrecting something from the dead. And, and even though it's hard when you're in Amber's position to really see that end of the road, mm-hmm. um, it was really nice to have you there working on that same bike. How many years later? Like 10 years later or something? Yeah, it's been 10 years. <laughs> 10 years later. And hey, I'm still working on it, but not, not functionally. It's, it's all blinkers and, and accessories and stuff. So that bike has stayed running good the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When I, when I bought it back, the young lady who sold it to me said, well, it got dro- dropped on the left side and now it won't shift out of first. So sure enough, I got up there to Hayward and looked at it and yeah, it wouldn't shift out of first. So I got it back to Santa Cruz and took a look at it and I just bent that shift lever yeah. away from the crankcase a little bit and it was good to go. And this is a CB400T, right? 1981. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm hoping Amber um, stays with it. And she she what, got the carbs clean today. Yes, Emma? And the bike actually ran? Well, oftentimes you, you can kind of pluck <clears throat> victory from the jaws of defeat. And we did the carbs, and I did a few little modifications to get the carbs just so. And we bolted it all back together. It was, Jesus, it was running like an absolute three-legged horse. It wouldn't start. It wouldn't run on two, uh, two cylinders. It was just a fucking nightmare. And I could see she was just getting just completely disheartened. Mm-hmm. And I was a little. And I'm like, what the hell is this bike going to throw at us now? Um, so I walked away and just had a little five-minute sit down and think about myself and i thought okay we've got to deal with the individual problems which i'd like to point out is the proper way to handle things unlike uh uh doug you remember when john didn't walk away instead picked up a hammer (laughs) 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 and just beat his bike to death Literally, I want to go push this thing off a cliff. John, oh, he raged. Uh, I saw the horns grow, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna step away. Another John, another John. Yeah, yeah. He was the first John, so he's he's John. He was so mad. He's turning Uh, red. Beating the fins off with a hammer. Yeah. So we found that the starting problem was nothing more than a fuzzy ignition switch. Mm. Um, Bit of lubrication really solved that problem. So now that was the starting problem but it was still running like a three-legged horse. And it has still got all its California emissions on, which meant the vacuum lines, which meant the charcoal canister, meant the vacuum petcock. And I did what I usually do, and I just bypassed everything. I chucked everything away and just blocked off all the vacuum lights. So you just had two carburetors pumping fuel into the engine. And it, God, it ran well. I needed to do a tiny bit of final detail work on getting the idle air mix set up, but it ran great. But of course I had to leave and go home so I could do this podcast, but we'll finish it up next week and um, she'll be down the road. Hopefully. Nice. Um, Oh, swag went out. I think a lot of people have been sending uh, messages. They're getting their, their swag, the stickers, and their neck gaiters. So uh, yeah. if you haven't received your swag, Bagel, you got yours? I got mine. Nice. Thank you very much. You're what did welcome. you get, Bagel? What did you get? I got a, uh, a neck gaiter and a sticker. 
It's rainbowy. Yes, actually, isn't it nice? Very, very nicely done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just a reminder that the swag goes out to all of our Patreon subscribers of any dollar amount. A dollar to four dollars, you got a sticker sent to you, and uh, for five dollars or more, you got a neck gaiter. Um, I think, uh, and Emma, we even had some Ask Miss Emma questions this yeah, week. So, and more remarkably, I got to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, be, and, under duress and bullying from you, I should point out. Um, <laughs> quite right. you got to kick me in the ass because I've, God, I've got so much going on. Um, but, yeah, nice question. So, uh, I'm going to talk about them right now, if I may. All right. Yeah. So the um, two Ask Miss Emma ones, here we go. I'm going to go for them. So the one is a continuation from Ethan. And Ethan has been resurrecting, I think, his father or his uncle's CB450. A lot Mm. older than yours, Doug. Um, This is from the very early 1970s. Absolutely gorgeous bike. And um, Ethan has been methodically going through each system and getting it just so. And it sounds that he has, let's have a look. Um, and awkward pause. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> looking to try and get to. It looks like you oh, froze yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a problem where the bike is running worse the warmer it gets mm-hmm. and you know that can be a variety of things it can be an electrical component heating up can be a coil going out it can be a funky ignition switch and as the the, the poor contacts in the switch heat up the incre- the resistance increases and it causes a misfire however in his case i think it's a fueling issue and mm-hmm. so i gave him a few pointers to yeah. look at and um Get him down the road. And the other one was from Chris. And Chris has been offered a very, very interesting bike. He's been offered a um, very unusual Suzuki RE5. Now, that's the rotary. rotary. yeah. Yeah, from 1975. There's quite a few of these things out there. Um, they come in two flavors. They come in the Gen 1 flavor, which has got the absolute batshit crazy instrument panel where you put the key in and this blue plexiglass lid kind of flips back and you can see the instrument pack um just barking mad and then they kind of tone down the styling a bit for gen 2 um which is equally nuts but not quite as desirable because people like just the craziness of gen 1 um yeah there you go Mm -hmm. just absolutely just Batshit crazy styling. Um, lovely old things. And, you know, they, they had an undeserved reputation. Well, it, actually, it was quite deserved, really, for unreliability back in the day. Nowadays, oil and coolant is a lot better quality than it used to be back in 75. So if you run really top quality oil and coolant, you can actually enjoy these things. Um, and they won't necessarily let you down. I wouldn't take one out on a 100-degree day. But for just something to kind of taz about on and have some fun, it's a wonderful thing. And they sound epic. They sound like a little motorboat. They Really unusual. Lovely thing. <laughs> How's that sound? So, uh, 
He um he's been offered this and it it looks like a very very nice bike. It's got some period saddlebags on it which need to go. Um oh. but otherwise it's right there. Cool. It's a lovely thing. So I've given him I've given him some pointers about what he should pay for it because he he wants to get a bargain but he wants to be respectful to the owners. Mm-hmm. Which I think where we all should be when we buy bikes. Much as we like to get bargains, you never want to be disrespectful um, to a seller when you're getting a bike. Um, if you're brawling in the street, perhaps you're bargaining a little <laughs> too hard. Um, so hopefully the figures I came up with are within his budget, and he'll end up riding an RE5 home. Nice. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys want to play a game? No. No. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Because it's game time. All right. So I've modified the game. You guys don't know the game. This game is now called Right and Wrong Answers Only. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> Here's how the game's going to play. See, you rigged it already because I, I did. I, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I changed it. So I'm going to tell you a model of bike that is recognized just by the the mm-hmm. letters in the name. First, you yes. need to tell me what the brand is. That needs what what make it is. That needs to be the right yes. answer. And then you need yes. to tell me what those letters stand for. And that needs to be the wrong answer. Okay. Got it? So, for instance, just as an example, even though this is not uh um not a model, this is this is a brand. KTM. What say Emma, what does KTM stand for? Cost too much. <laughs> Keep <Okay>. throwing money. <laughs> All right. Kick kick twenty more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start. What does so, KTM stand for? Uh, wrong answers only. Okay, so you guys got it. I need the right answer and then the wrong answer. We're going to start yeah, with a couple so layups. Some, something Austrian Motorenberg, uh, I'm sure. All right, Douglas. Yes. KLR. Killer. What's the uh, right answer and then the, the wrong right answer? answer for the model or the, the brand the, 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 the brand, make it's a kawasaki correct and what's the what's it stand for i call it the killer killer the killer okay yeah uh i don't think that's inappropriate <clears throat> dog. okay we'll go with that it's the killer of self-esteem <laughs> yeah it just kills your entire <laughs> oh, <no>. pride <laughs> <laughs> all right you, you hey. always wear a full face when you ride it yes exactly it. <laughs> come on not <laughs> as emma feeling. calls it the cockroach okay uh john mm-hmm. gsa what's the right answer it's a bmw and what's the wrong answer um Oh, oh gosh, I'm blanking. Uh, goats suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know I think that's right. <laughs> I think I read that in the motorcycle museum. Okay, <laughs> it's in the owner's manual. <laughs> Page one. Yeah, specific instructions. All right. Who's this? <laughs> Emma. Yes. <laughs> FLXR. What's the right answer? <laughs> That's a hard one. It's 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 a Harley Davidson. That is correct. And what's the wrong answer? Um, it's it's a fairly low xylophone reducer. <laughs> <laughs> because it's fairly low. It's fairly low, and if if you if you put a xylophone in front of it. 
it will reduce it. That's how they named it, and that's true. Wow. <clears throat> okay. All right. The other one is uh, <clears throat> fucking love X-rays. <laughs> oh, I love X-rays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go now. Who's up next? Oh, it's Bagel. Yeah. All right, Bagel. Let's give you a DRZ. Uh, DRZ. What's the, the right answer? It's right. Right answer is Suzuki. Okay. Um, the wrong answer <laughs> is um, Drizzle. I don't know. <laughs> and his nickname is Doctor Z. We want the wrong answer. All right, Drizzle. <clears throat> I I don't know. How about don't ride zebras? Okay. Okay, which is really okay. good, solid advice if okay. you've ever been to Africa that. or the zoo. Yeah. They, All right, sure they don't appreciate that. All right. All right, Douglas. Oh. Let's go with CBR. What's the right answer? That is a Honda makes the CBR. That's great. Honda. And Honda. what's the wrong answer? Can't boost right. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Boost All right, let's go to... Uh, John KZ Kawasaki. That's correct. What's the wrong answer? Uh, killing Zinc. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how many Z's are there? Come on, that's not. <laughs> I was going to say zebra, but that's already been out there. <laughs> killing could be, could be the killing Zinc. <clears throat> okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, Emma, you know I'm going to keep giving you the hard ones, Emma. Oh, God. Okay, Emma, GSXR. GSXR. What's the right answer? <laughs> um, that, that is a Suzuki. Correct. Oh, Suzuki. Um, What's the wrong answer? <laughs> go slowly, crossing roads. <laughs> 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 That is some good advice. Yes, exactly. Thank you. All right. And that's in the owner's manual too, page two. All right. Bagel. Yes. VFR. Proper. VFR is Honda. That is correct. The wrong answer is visual flight rules. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only thing I can ever think of when I hear that bike. <laughs> All right. Douglas. <clears throat> Since you have one, XR. That is also Honda. That is right. And what's the wrong answer? Ooh, <clears throat> X-rated. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Not, not wrong, too. All right, uh, John. SMT. 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 What's the, the what's the right the, answer? The new Chinese bike? <clears throat> nope. SMT. I will help you out. Okay. You rode next to one yesterday. <clears throat> I rode next next to one yesterday? Yes. Is that a KTM? Yeah, that is correct. There we go. So <clears throat> what's the wrong answer? Uh sad mother's touring. <laughs> 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 I was going to say slicing more tomatoes. <laughs> I, like, I like smelly men's trousers. 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> okay. Emma. Hello. Let's go with the TL1000S. What does the TL and S stand for? And what, well, first of all, what's the right answer? The right answer is, is also a Suzuki. That is correct. And what is the wrong answer? Uh, what was it? The, the S. TL1000S. It's terribly restrictive, 1000 shorts. There's an L There's an in L. there. There's an L in there. Oh, wait a minute. There's a TL1000S. Oh, TL1000 no, it's the TLR. Okay, it's the TL. It's the uh, terribly long 1000 shorts. <laughs> I don't fucking know. (laughs) All right. Let's see if I can stump Bagel on this one. Bagel, RMZ. Hmm. RMZ. Mm hmm. Somebody in this group has owned one. I want to say that's a Yamaha. Am I right? Douglas, is he right? He is wrong, and oh. so are you. Oh. Because uh, RMZ is a four-stroke. Oh, you have. All right. <clears throat> you want to tell him who makes the RMZ? It's a Suzuki. There you go. <laughs> all right, so Suzuki, Suzuki. RMZ. Bagel, what does RMZ stand for? Um, ride more zebras. <laughs> I thought we were off the anti-riding zebras. No, that is don't ride zebras. <laughs> oh my heck! All right, Douglas. Uh, how about the CRF? Right answer. There you go. They're good at this. Surf. And what's the wrong uh, answer? Wrong answer is could ride frequently. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good one. All right. <clears throat> John. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you here. Yeah. DSR. Ooh. DSR. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Doug and a, Emma uh, know what it is. Bagel, you know what a DSR is, yeah? Is that a it's not a zero, a zero, is it? It is. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> and what does DSR stand for? Uh, Doug is strong and ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Emma. Yes, darling. How about the XLT? XLT. 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 Is that Triumph Exploder? Now I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Uh, it, uh, hold on. I think it was. Oh, no. Now they're showing me extra large motorcycle shirts. Nope. That's not what I wanted. Extra large, tall. Sh- no, <clears throat> that's not it. Uh, okay. Uh, let me recall that. Oh, wait. Oh, nope. Sorry. Sorry, that one was a wrong one. Let's go instead with the FLXST. <laughs> FLXST. Yes. 
But I I liked ex- okay. Harley uh, no, Davidson. Yes. Now what's um, the wrong answer? Okay. Frank's left X-ray. Frank's left X-ray uh, uh, leaves. St. Uh, oh, uh, Frank's left X-ray leaves. Uh, S. S. Is it S? Yes, S. Leaves L-X. Sunday. St. Leaves T. Sunday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Good save. <laughs> All right, let's end. Let's end with bagel. Thank God, it's gone. I say, I might need to get another beer. Bagel GPZ, GPZ, or as some may know it, the GPZ. Yeah. Yes. What's the right answer? I believe that is a Kawasaki. Correct. And um, goes past zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it does. Oh. That, that was good. <laughs> In some circumstances, <laughs> hopefully, very good. And there were so many more we could have done, but I thought uh, I thought it'd be fun because everyone comes up with the nicknames for, you know, Emma. What do you call the the DRZ, Doctor Z, right? Well, no, I call it Doctor Brad Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Brad Zimmerman. You guys are which silly. I think is quite appropriate. Um, I wanted to do a quick plug for the, let's see, I talked about the Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival, right? Yes. On May 14th. Um, I wanted to talk about one of the movies that's in this. It's really good. Uh, okay. There's a movie called Somewhere Else Together. <clears throat> and um, this guy, Daniel, he did like 10 years ago, he did like he was writing uh, around the world and he did uh, a movie called Somewhere Else Tomorrow. Well, now he's got a wife and they decided to go ride. <clears throat> uh, well, how did that happen? He stopped writing, <laughs> met her, got married. Got married and um, but she also rides, and so they decided to do a big trip where they flew their bikes, uh, a GS and a KLR, I believe, right, right, um, right. to New York, <clears throat> where they then rode all the way up to the Arctic, up in you know above Alaska. Yeah. Wow. And then all the way down to Ushuaia, just like a kind of what Michelle Lamphere did. Um, <clears throat> Taking their time, and also the way that they kind of paid for it is they kind of took opportunities to work along the way and pick up odd jobs and earn money. <clears throat> and so they uh, filmed this, and it was really cool to see uh, a couple things. One, that when you're living life on the road, that you will meet up with other travelers, and they're German, and they would meet other Germans traveling on motorcycle and they'd like partner with them for, you know, a few countries or something. It's kind of cool to see that, that lifestyle. I've experienced it in Pakistan when we picked up some riders, you know, there's like, you know, you just meet other, like these are like real bikers. Um, And just seeing how they're handling stuff like crossing deserts and, and dealing with breakdowns on the side of the road, stuff like that. Um, But the thing that was really fascinating about this is, 
they got down to Ushuaia and <clears throat> they realized that like they didn't feel like their adventure was done. Like they weren't done. Maybe you guys know when have you ever done like a trip where you're like you just feel like you're not finished. You didn't have enough time. You have more energy in you. Well, Bagel would know as a long distance yes. rider. Um, <clears throat> I felt that way. I know I've like come back from like road trips and I'm coming to the, up to my house and I'm like, I just want to keep going. Like I have more in me. Well, that's exactly what they did. And they packed up their bikes, uh, in a container and they went to South Africa and they decided that they would ride from the Cape of Africa all the way back up to Germany. Wow. And, um, it was really well done not to give too much away, but the thing that I really loved about it is, Kind of like talking about Douglas and his bike earlier. They were running into problem after problem. <clears throat> bike breakdowns and having no water and running out of money and not having the visa and local politics and <clears throat> and just being set back by stuff and just being so beat down that they were questioning if they should have continued on, you know? <clears throat> right and and the movie got really like down like you felt this with them you felt how hard it got and i don't want to uh give away the ending but it gets better <clears throat> and you feel that with them too and that's something that's really great about a movie like this that you can feel what they're feeling they communicated that through the film so that was really cool so um that's one of the movies uh somewhere else together that we will be featuring in the Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival. Um, Emma, a question came up after you left <clears throat> that I thought yeah. would be a good topic. So okay. uh, Amber, we were all sitting around at the end, end of the day. Everyone put stuff away. <clears throat> and uh, Amber asked a question. And she said, um, just curious, how, how many miles are bikes good for? You know, because, um, <clears throat> oh, I didn't tell you, uh, you know, Michael showed up. He bought another bike. I mean, you know, the kids who buy like a new bike every two weeks. Yeah. yeah. He showed up and he got a, um, an F650 GS for a really good price. Who? <clears throat> you know, um, Michael, one of the, the two guys who look like brothers, but are just friends. And they always show up on like an old two stroke or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got a good bike, but he said, but it has kind of higher mileage. It's got like 55,000. And so Amber said, well, what what, what constitutes like high mileage for a bike? Like how long can a bike go? Well, that started a whole conversation with the group because Kat was there and she's like, I got over 100 grand on my old GS. It's still going. Um, right. And, you know, I know people who put 200,000 on a bike. But then I also have seen bikes with a few thousand on it that things are starting to go bad. And I was explaining to her that you have two things that you're working against. One is is miles, but the other one is time. Yes. So, Emma, I thought it'd be good. Let's let's talk about what things to look for. I mean, and what you should expect and and why it is so important to do the regular maintenance and what a difference that will make on the life of a bike. Right. You know, um, a very interesting analogy was with um, aircraft. 
And up until quite recently, um, aircraft manufacturers could be, uh, even small aircraft manufacturers could be sued for problems with a 30, 40-year-old aircraft. And the argument was against that. Well, when a vehicle gets to a certain age, it doesn't matter whether it's a car, an aircraft, tank, whatever, it stops being a product of its manufacturer and starts being a product of who's worked on it. And that is largely true. Um, there's a lot of things that can go right with a bike. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with a bike. So I've got some questions for the group oh. in the room right now. Fun. So, okay. So here's the answer from each of you. Okay. Which do you think is potentially the better bet? A 20-year-old bike that has done... 2,000 miles and has pretty much lived outside under a tarp or a bike that's done 50,000 miles and has been regularly maintained. Same age bike. <clears throat> I would go with the 50,000 every right. day. Yep. Yeah, same. Right. Yep. Well, you said 50. If you said 150... Well, that's something quite different. Yeah. But 50 is still quite a mileage for a bike. Um, oh, can I, can, I, can I put yeah. a, a, an asterisk on that one? It depends on the bike. A BMW is good for 100 to 200,000. I don't know about KTMs as much. Like, like 40 starts to seem like you're getting into maybe the danger zone. Yeah. So, and Ducatis, stuff like that, whereas a right. Honda would be completely different. I mean, Nock has his, his uh, super, super Hawk with over 100 on it. Yeah. So, it really right. depends on the bike, too. It depends on, the, you know, the thumpers don't really last as long either. So, I mean, if you got a thumper yeah. twin there, versus a, a straight four, yeah. you know, the straight four is going to last longer. Yeah, there's, there's so many different factors. But generally, maintenance counts for a huge amount. And maintenance, the easiest thing in the world, and you you got to drum it into people, drum it into people, is oil. Hey, I'm going to bring your mic around a little Bloody bit. oil and good regular oil changes. There I you thought go. you were eating hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it was, you kind of got quiet. You bring it in a little? So yeah, there's yeah. kind of two parts of the question, though. Yeah. Like, what? how much is too much to buy a motorcycle? And at what point do you stop investing in fixing a motorcycle? Because those are well, and those two different are questions. Very valid points. And I get asked this a lot because my business tends to be older motorcycles. And older motorcycles, the price range is just crazy. Um, if we take what Doug writes, 1981 Honda CB400. I've seen 81 CB400s change hands for six or $7,000 recently, but they look like they just rolled off the showroom floor. Conversely, I've seen them change hands for 100 bucks, and that's the range. And every price range within that is valid, because if you were to take that $100 CB400 and turn it into a showroom-ready one, it's going to cost you about seven grand maybe even a little bit more. So all prices are valid. It's what's good for you. And I know that's kind of a devil, devil's advocate answer. If you know how to work on bikes, if you've got friends who to work on bikes, you can be a lot more cavalier when you're choosing. 
But if you know nothing about bikes, if you have no access to a garage, you have no access to tools, if you have no access to a garage collective in your town and you're going to be completely behooven on dealers or independent workshops to look after your bike. Well, number one, a new bike is the way to go. Or if you are buying a used bike, buy a very low, low mileage, well-maintained used bike. And what I found out is people generally... There are some dishonest people out there. There's no getting away from that. But generally, people don't go out of their way to be dishonest. I've come across this a thousand times. People will think, oh, I need to put a new chain and sprocket on that bike to sell it. And they plant it in their mind. And then life gets in the way. You know, the baby needs shoes or whatever. Or, you know, the girlfriend leaves them or the boyfriend leaves them, whatever. But that chain and sprocket is still planted in their head. And so they list the bike on Craigslist. They say, oh, yeah, it's got a new chain and sprocket on it. And it hasn't. It's still got the old chain and sprocket that's sucked out. And I don't mean to be dishonest. It's just, oh, I thought I replaced that. You know, a few years ago, do you remember uh, Jonathan Morabito? Mm -hmm. Yes. He bought an FZ6 Yamaha. Every single thing that the guy had said he'd done to the bike needed replacing. And the guy who was selling it wasn't being dishonest. He genuinely thought he'd done them. And in the end, he was so embarrassed by the fact that he fumbled the ball on everything. We basically got that bike for nothing. I think he wanted three and a half grand for it. In the end, we gave him 1,700 bucks. Oh, you went, you went with him to buy that, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, you know? No, that is very frustrating. I bought a bike once and it came with no rear passenger foot peg. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the difference is, and this is why you should always buy a bike from Mototown. <laughs> yes. Because passenger footwear, footrest, <laughs> not just any passenger footrest, but lovingly finished in a high gloss black enamel, <laughs> arrived a week later. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So let me ask the you this. The rest of the bike is sat in black. This is academic. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a bit about uh, if you are looking at a bike that has, say, forty to 50,000, which really, okay. uh, if it's only like a five-year-old bike, what things should you be looking for on a bike that's got forty to 50,000 miles? Okay. So let's start with the basics. And the basics are, does it still have tread on the tires? Mm -hmm. Now, remember, at forty or 50,000 miles, it's going to have got through a few sets of tires. It's probably on its at least third or fourth front tire. It might be on its fifth or sixth rear tire. If it's, a, if it's a super bike, it's not unusual for super bikes to eat up a rear tire in like 4,000 miles, especially if you're heavy with the right wrist. So it could be on its 12th or 13th rear tire. So check the tires have tread. Check the rims aren't all gouged up. Check it's still got brake pads. If it's a shaft-driven bike, make sure the final drive isn't leaking and it's not clunk, clunk, clunk when you shift gear. If it's got chain, chain and sprocket. No matter how well you look after a chain, there's still a finite life to it. You know, I, I look after chains as best as I'm able. I keep them well-adjusted. I keep them lubed. 
I keep them uh, clean. But, you know, 20, 25, 30,000 miles is everything for a chain. Mm -hmm. it, even if you look after it like a newborn baby, as the tigress protects a young, 30,000 miles is done. So you're still going to need to put a chain of sprocket on it to check that. Basics, check the oil. What color is the oil? You know, if it looks as black as a pair of Vickers socks, it's a very, very good. Because Vickers, what you don't realize about Vickers is they have special black socks, and they're blacker than every other sock. Bet you didn't know that. We should. We needed to use Vickers on the VFR. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Um, so. Check the oil. Is it nice golden color? If somebody has taken the trouble to keep on top of the oil changes and it's got nice oil in it when they're selling the bike, there's a good chance it's had a fairly well-kept life. What color should coolant be? Yellow or green? Or pink? Or blue. Or blue? All colors. Yes. The thing is, if it's the color of wee-wee, it's old. <laughs> And it smells like old wee-wee. It's old. So you don't need to know what the original color was so, if it's a vibrant whatever it is, if, whether it's orange, whether it's... I just, smells like wee-wee it came from. You've got a rodent problem, and <laughs> I'll give you $300 for it, and I'm doing you a favor. I just put mine out in a tub and near the neighbor's cat to see if they will drink it or not. And if they oh, don't... Nice. There you go. What? Oh, no, no. Poor cat. Don't do that. Emma, I, I have a suggestion. This is something I've seen a lot of with people buying uh, yes. cheaper bikes. Steering head bearings. It, to me, so common that people don't lubricate it or check that it's too tight or too loose. And I mean, Doug, we've seen this a lot of times. People come mm -hmm. in with bikes like, Ugh, it's like really yeah. worn down. Steering head bearings, I think when you're getting up to that kind of mileage. Right. Um, yeah, particularly with the older bikes that actually still have the balls instead of the um, the roller bearings. Yeah, because yeah. the roller bearings are spreading the load. But nevertheless, I mean, we tend to forget because we love them so much. These are mass production machines, even Diavels, you know, even the highest top Ducati is, still a, is a mass production bike. And some manufacturers are better than others. But generally, when it comes to lubricating things like steering head bearings, I think, you know, Fabrizio or whoever it is stands at one corner of the workshop with a little dollop of grease on the end of a butter knife and kind of <laughs> flicks it across the workshop and the tiny splash ends up on the bearing. Oh, it's, it's, it's bellissimo. <laughs> and the thing gets assembled. And, of course, it all gets dried out nasty. Um so just because they're a good bike, it doesn't mean that when it rolled down the line, people are going to have taken as much care of it as you're going to take care of it. Dry head bearings. Here's a, here's a top tip. Ooh. Back in the old days, before we had braided steel brake hoses, now they trick you these days because – in the old days, you could tell a braided steel brake hose because it was stainless steel color, and it's mm -hmm. oh, that looks lovely and shiny. Well, now they put a plastic coating on it, right. so you're like, oh, I don't even know whether that is braided stainless steel. Well, it's very, very easy 
If it's about the diameter of your pinky, it's rubber. If it's about the diameter of a pencil, it's braided stainless steel. Ooh. Much smaller diameter than the braided stainless steel ones. But if it's got the old rubber hoses on it, bend it back against its curve. Ooh. So if it's, if it's forming a curve that way, mm -hmm. bend it the other way and you'll see the cracks. And if it's cracked, you need new breakers. Well, if you don't bend it, and you're not going to crack it. <laughs> oh, and then it'll fail on you when you're doing an emergency stop. When some clown in a transit van does an emergency stop in front of you and you pull on your front brake hose and your br bloody brake hose bursts and you end up going through the barn doors in the back and sitting in the driver's seat. Hello! <laughs> Um, that's not really what we want to aim for. So check those hoses carefully. And that's a time thing. It's a time thing. Anything that's made of plastic, anything that's made of rubber. Well, we're still on We're still on bikes that are high mileage, low years. Right. So we're still right. things that miles, not time. Do you guys uh, want to add anything to that? Especially bagel. I want to hear for scooters. I mean, you mentioned chain of sprocket, but scooters have belts. Um, well, belts are, are something that they get replaced regularly. So, you know, that's, that's just a common wear item. Okay. Um, <clears throat> things that I, I would recommend checking for high mileage bikes would be bearings. Um, oh yeah. How, how good are wheel bearings for? When should you start looking at wheel bearings, Emma? Oh gosh. Um, believe me, a big pothole can take out your wheel bearings. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's an, it's an entirely mechanical check. You've got to know how to check your wheel bearings. And don't take it for granted. You know, um, one good pothole, when, you've got, when you're on the brakes and all the weight of your bike is on that front wheel and you hit a pothole, you can take out your wheel bearings there and then, yep. even though they're lovingly maintained. So you've got to know how to check them. Yep. And and if you drive, if you ride a lot of uh, dirt and off road, uh, check them uh, extra often too. Mm. Yeah, uh, especially. And if you ride a lot of dirt and off road on your Vespa, check yeah. yourself into an asylum. That too. Um, some other things that I'd recommend checking are um, electricals because <clears throat> with higher mileage and more vibration over the years, that can wear through wiring mm. harnesses, and you can have shorts. You can have. Um, break, broken wires, things like that. Um, even the connections inside the bulbs and other uh, mm -hmm. connections in the bike. Mm -hmm. You know, those also with, uh, you know, with moisture exposure too, those can go bad. So, you know, check those for wear, check them for damage because you can sometimes catch those before they get worn through and before they damage the actual wiring and you can patch it up so that it will it'll last longer. Um, and like you said, the rubber... Um, all rubber and plastic components. <clears throat> well, we're going to get to that because that's yeah. low mileage, high years. But anyone want to add anything to high mileage, low years? <clears throat> so one thing I always check <clears throat> is the uh, to ask if they've got a maintenance schedule. Um, but then I do the research to find out when the next major maintenance is, mm -hmm. specifically around valves. And if um, if mm. I can't do it myself, um, you know, often the cost of, depending on the bike, the cost of the valves could be really prohibitive on an older bike. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily and, enough, particularly on VFRs, I mean, the cost of doing valves on a VFR is staggering. 
Well, and I think that also goes for some carburetors on some of the, the V the VFRs and stuff. Which is why that stands for valves for rent. It's about the same money as what? Okay, I see what you did. <laughs> Bagel, what you got? But well, I was I was going to say as a precursor to checking the valves, check the compression because um, on a high mileage bike, yeah. that can always be an issue because that that can indicate a problem indicate a problem with valves and or rings or piston or anything else on the top end. Um, so that's that's a, a good first step to check. All right, so now let's switch it up. How about low miles, high years? And I will throw one out. Anything that's uh, cable operated. Uh, I find mm. that things that your brakes and clutch, people don't lube those. It gets dried up, and yep. those start to fray pretty easily once once they go. So checking the cables. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly if the if the bike is being set outside under a tarp, as you said earlier. I mean, cables, anything plastic, anything that is rubber that holds a fluid in or out is going to mm -hmm. be yep. fucked by then. Yeah. You know, if if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, and that now engine seals, suspension. Components. Yeah, shift lever oh, yeah. seals. Bearing yeah, seals, I was going to talk about there. engine seals. Um, if you're lucky enough, I mean, everybody wants a two-stroke to ride on the street. It's it's the dream of many, many people. And they're getting expensive now, but people still fall for it. You, you go onto eBay. I guarantee I could go onto eBay right now, and there'd be Suzuki three-cylinder somewhere in the Midwest with no mileage on them. Four or 5,000 bucks. And, you know, either it doesn't run or runs but needs a tune-up. What it really needs are crank seals. So what you're going to end up doing is you're going to spend money on this bike, and the very first thing you're going to have to do is not only dismantle the engine, but then you're going to have to press apart the crank. And you need your friggin' wits about you if you're pressing apart a three-cylinder crank. On the other side of the coin, you can just send it out to a specialist to get it done. Um, but anything rubber... Anything plastic has an extremely finite life. And even if it's lived inside, the clock is ticking. There's oils in plastic that bleed out, no matter how stable the temperature is. And that's why plastics become brittle with age, is that the natural oils in the plastic just bleed out and the property of the plastic is itself changes it's the same with rubber rubber ages naturally you know rubber's a natural material and it's like us you know i used to be a lot prettier <laughs> when i was younger but i'm getting all old and wrinkly now. nice that's uh, why you were hosing yourself down with wd-40 earlier that's <laughs> right it's the fountain of youth darling um you know I, magic. I figure, <laughs> I figure, if oh. I keep using the the WD forty, I will turn back into Lisa Loeb. Just curious, um, Emma, what does WD forty stand for? Wrong, uh, wrong answer only. I knew this. Wet dick. <laughs> <laughs> because oh my gosh. Because the guy who invented no. it, Richard. <laughs> Who always went by his nickname oh. fell in the swimming pool, and oh. the only thing that could save him was his pet spaniel. 
Okay. <laughs> Who came oh. bearing the oil? I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> yes. to, to to go back to what we were talking about before, moist Richard. Yes. <laughs> With plastic and rubber degrading, because uh, like you were saying, even a bike parked inside could, that can happen to. Um, oh yes. One of the things to watch out for is uh, is ozone will will more rapidly destroy rubber and plastic. And ozone is generated by electric motors indoors. So if you have your bikes parked in the garage and you have your washer oh. and dryer in there and your yep. heater and, you know, other equipment that runs, you know, runs electrical motors, that will generate some amount of ozone that will attack those parts. Bagel, that was a top tip right there. That is a top tip. Very well. And, you know, always like, you know, play with these you know, slot cars and trains when young mm -hmm. and, you know, yep. you'd, you'd fire them up and you get a lovely whiff of ozone off the electric mm -hmm. motors. It's great. Yeah. You know what's happening right oh. now? Mikey three times is, is hearing this and he's, he's moving his bikes out of the garage right or, now. Or, maybe, or he's moving the washer and dryer into his house. <laughs> <laughs> Get these fucking things out of here. Well, no, you know, I think, and I always I think Mike three times is hurt with me for mentioning the lipstick Reggie. And I will. I'll pick, <laughs> he, he, he turned it off it. at that point. We're safe. Yeah. No, exactly. I would take, I would take, um, you know, uh, a 10 year old BMW with a hundred thousand miles. Um, or I would take a 30-year-old Honda with 3,000 miles. Like, it all depends. But um, what I don't want is a 30-year-old BMW <laughs> with 3,000 miles. Because when, well, actually 30-year-old, well, no, no. <clears throat> well, That'd no, be a 1990. The electronics have come in. I've just found when you're talking about seals, <clears throat> that on bikes like BMWs or Ducatis, the biggest enemy is is time not miles actually because oh yeah seals you have to get access to stuff i mean remember um doug you were here when dan got that free uh bmw from uh jim eckerman all it needed was a new yeah. like uh drive shaft seal mm -hmm. <clears throat> that ended up costing him the value of the bike to replace yep and when it was done he didn't love the bike and he had, you know, sold it. It was a very good condition, good bike, beautiful bike. But, you know, he was lucky to just get out what he put into it, uh, you but know, man. just to break even after doing all the work. <clears throat> but but for it to cost that much to replace one seal just seems so ridiculous. That's to me. BMW for it you. it yeah. does. But then if you look at like an old Honda which is a fun project to tear down the engine on your workbench and you can replace all the seals. Right. You know, <clears throat> and it's not that hard. Well, it's kind of fun. Well, Beamers are also from, correct me if I'm wrong, but notorious for having ABS problems once they start getting older and that the, the modules mm -hmm. can be insanely expensive. Yes. In yes. fact, um, one of the, uh, unobtainium parts on a GPZ, one of my favorite bikes is the, the, the ABS brain. <clears throat> I mean, 20 years ago, those were going for hundreds of dollars if you could find one yeah. still working. Emma, wow. do, do, people don't make an aftermarket ABS brain for something like that, right? No. Yeah. No. And I mean, you know, if you are lucky, and I mean, if you are lucky, oh, it all depends on hold the- Hold on. I need, on to, the I need to correct myself. On the GPZ, doesn't have uh, 
ABS. It was my my BMW had the ABS. It was the the brain that controlled the fuel injection and timing. That's what I'm referring to. Uh, And if you're very lucky, there's all kinds of specialists in Los Angeles who do this stuff for cars. And you may be lucky and find somebody and you can give them this and say, hey, can you have a go at rebuilding this for me? Um, but otherwise, yeah, you're on your own. You're behooven to what you can find used. And, you know, the old Kawasaki DFI systems, they're like fragile. Yeah. And so good luck with that. Well, um, and, and the, and the other thing too, the older the bike gets, like there's a whole graph. So what you, ideally what you want is a low mileage new bike. And on the, other end of the spectrum of the graph is an old bike that's high mileage. That's the least valuable. So if it's an old bike, you want low mileage. And if it's a new bike, I mean, low mileage too. But, you know, getting a, an old bike, a 30, 40, 50-year-old bike with low mileage, Emma, how much does that affect the value? If you're getting, say, a CB750, a 1969 CB750 with 1,000 miles versus 15,000, right? You know, again, it depends on the bike. But if you've got that factory conditions, low mileage bike, you bet you're going to get a premium for it. Do you remember that um, black CB750 I got for the Jackson collection? Mm -hmm. Did you see that with the four pipes on it? Yeah. Just really nice stock low mileage. I think there was 5,000 miles on it from you. And it was just, it wasn't perfect condition there was patina on it but it was absolutely original down to the finish on the spokes and that's where the value is the originality um but yeah it affects the value because i mean look you get to a certain age when you're dealing with 45 50 55 year old machines no matter what condition they're supposedly in you're going to be doing rescue work when you get it so it's better to do the rescue work on one with no mileage on it than you know even what would be considered a lowish miles but with some miles so i'd say in that scenario liza the thousand mile bike is worth considerably more than the 15 mile bike all right so let me ask you just a final question on this topic Uh, and I'm, I'm asking Emma the question, but if you guys want to jump in, feel free. So, Emma, ideally, um, what is the amount of miles on a bike when you should consider hmm, it might start having problems because of that mileage? What is a number that you should maybe reconsider that bike? Like you, I mean, you mm-hmm. want me to throw out a number? Yeah, just is 50, like at 50, you start going, hmm. It's going to be a lot lower than you think. Oh, What's it going to be? 20. 20. 20. Yeah. 20. <clears throat> so anything Especially over 20,000, start negotiating better. Anything, anything over 20,000, you'd better start scrutinizing the maintenance log because the, there oh, yeah? are very few bikes on the road that will not need a valve clearance doing well before 20. Okay. And on a single cylinder bike, Big deal on the cockroach KLR six fifty. Um, it's killer, not cockroach. Yes, sorry. Um, doing the valve clearance on that bike's easy. 
even though it's bucket and shim, pull the cams out, do shims, put them back in. It's cheap as chips. <clears throat> but on a four-cylinder bike, especially a V four-cylinder bike, doing the valve clearances, it's like a thousand bucks just for the valve clearances. And so people ah, put it off. Bike's still running great, doesn't make noise. Well, of course it doesn't make noise because the valves are receding in their head. Mm. The clearances are getting too small. Then you burn out a valve. All right. So 20,000 20, miles okay. to me, it do, it's not a cutoff, but then that's when you need to start looking yeah. at <clears throat> maintenance. Or maybe use that as a negotiation. <clears throat> yes, exactly. All right, so now let's talk about years. What's the amount of years that you start going, mm, maybe you should reconsider? Oh, I don't think it's. I don't but, think that's as academic as... 15? <clears throat> like, when do you yeah, start having I mean, things go bad? 15 years? They can, yeah. I'd say 15 is a, is a good... Is a, is it is a good way to look at it? I mean, that's um, how I feel. Anything within fifteen years is probably in the in the yeah. good window. I mean, at what point does parts availability come into play for some of the more exotic? It depends on products? how popular. Yeah, it generally the Japanese manufacturers are quite good about parts. Mm -hmm. um, before we start thinking they're being touchy feely about it, I mean, it's big business. Um, Japanese manufacturers. The parts department are very, very profitable. So they make parts for pretty much within reason for everything. Um, I might even push that back to 20 years. You know, bikes really? have gotten a lot better. Yeah. I mean, 20 years, that puts us back to 2001. There's still a lot of modern bikes you could buy in 2001. Um, so For me, my number, like... If the bike is within 10 years old, to me, that's still a new bike. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like when you're starting to get to 15, it's starting to get a little aged. And, and 20, 20, it's only five years to be in a collector bike, an antique. I mean, right. antiques are 25 true. years. That's what's crazy. Mm. Well, cool. Anyone got any other last things to add to that? Or did we wrap that up? So the funny thing is when Amber started this whole thing and asked that question, I said, before we answer, do you really want to know the answer? <laughs> because it's not that simple. Yeah, um, it isn't. So I have some more announcements. Uh, Chikistan, my trip to Pakistan, uh, it's filling up uh, September 6th through 19th. Taking a group of women to um, Pakistan, and I just found out from somebody today that their wife is very interested in maybe uh, coming on that, signing up soon. Uh, but it's filling up. I'm really excited. And Bagel, check yeah. this out. Moin, because I told him that um, I wanted to know more about history and stuff over there, because on a lot of his trips, it was just about the ride, like getting right. to and from. So he's hired a, uh, a history guy to be our a tour guide with us. Oh, wow. And it's going to have awesome. more of an emphasis on history and education about where we're visiting, what we're seeing. Very cool. Oh, that's super cool. I yeah, like I know. Well, this is one thing I love about Moyne is that you just tell him what you want the trip to be and he will 
<laughs> make it happen. But it's because yeah. on my last trip, um, like everyone was like getting their morning coffee and I just hopped on my bike and went for a little ride when we were in Hunza. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this bagel, but just down the road, when you cross the river, go down the road, I found petroglyphs from the Silk Road that were oh, wow. like, I don't know, like it was Genghis Khan and like, like they go way <laughs> back, right? Holy cow. And I'm like, what? And there was like a, you know, plaque that's in English that said mm-hmm. what this was. I'm like, what? Like no one else is getting to see this. Mm-hmm. They were all having their coffee. And I'm like, this is really cool. So yeah, if you're interested in coming on uh, the trip, it is go to a different agenda.com and you can sign up there. Um, I have some other big news and this is kind of big. And I have to admit, I don't know how to um, commemorate this other than just acknowledging it and also um, using this as a way to say thank you to everyone. By everyone, I mean to all of the misfits, past and present, and to all of the listeners, because uh, this week, uh, at some point this week, y'all listening to this recording we will have hit two million listens wow wow oh that's awesome right Holy isn't cow. that crazy that's a lot of listening i know awesome. well the thing is crazy is our shows are like two hours that's like four million hours that we have wasted yeah. on humanity yeah <laughs> like people could have Just- cured cancer Without much We're time, sucking their lives away <laughs> with our drivel. <laughs> We're a gift to humanity. We're a gift. So big <laughs> thanks to everyone who's been a part of it. I'm just so proud of that accomplishment. Um, I had uh, oh, I had another weird story, Emma. I told you about this earlier. <coughs> oh, excuse oh my. me. I think her I head just blew you. up. Yeah, it just did. Yes, darling. Um, I was going to share a story. I had a weird a, dream. No, I had a weird uh, situation. Look, I know that. I mean, what, look, what was what, that what? like? Jersey Shore. Hey, <laughs> the situation. <laughs> Very good. Emma. Ah! Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, no, <laughs> look, I know that we, we've been in lockdown. Uh, yes. For over a year now. Uh, yes. Some places more than others. California yes. more than, say, Florida. I'm not even getting right. into politics or anything right now. Um, just to say that, on the one hand, I feel like things are starting to lighten up. I've had my vaccine. I know that, you know, you still we're still wearing masks in the garage. But, um, you know, like I spent the day with John yesterday. Right. We didn't wear masks because we were both vaccinated. We feel like started to feel... Like things are coming back. Are you guys kind of feeling that too? Like we're not letting down our guard, yep. but it's starting to loosen up a bit. Well, in this time where things are loosening up and, and restrictions, like we can go eat in restaurants now. There's still limited capacity, and but things are, are opening up. So I was quite surprised when the other week um, I decided to stop at a motorcycle dealer in a nearby town. Uh, and uh, I'm blaming John for this one because this is uh, before he bought his uh, XT225 and he was looking for a smaller bike. And I had thrown out the crazy idea of considering some of these Chinese brands. 
uh, because hmm. they're not all bad, just like the Benelli that we saw today. Actually looked pretty cool, Emma. I was impressed with it. Um, oh, the, you know how much that was? Um, six yeah. grand out Yes, door. six grand for a adventure bike. Um, but there's a brand, uh, S- is SRS? I think it's SRS, right? Yeah. SSR. SSR, yes, thank you. SSR. Um, and I know that they have some smaller displacement dirt bikes. And if you're buying something new that for a couple grand, well, it's maybe it's better than buying something that's old, like we were just talking about, for the same amount, because dirt bikes are going for a lot of money now. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I stopped at the shop because I know that Do you they... know what SSR stands for? Oh no, we didn't cover this one. What's it stand for? No. It's it stands for Simon Silky Rope. Just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> really? Yes, really. Is that what he calls it? Yes. Um, so Simon's rope is quite silky. It's in the owner's manual, page three. Um, so I went up to the front door and it was locked, <clears throat> but I could see people inside, and there was a sign on the door that said, um, uh, "Please call for an appointment." I was like, okay, but there's people in there. So I called the number. I said, hi, I'm standing at the front door. Can I come in and look at bikes? And they're like, please hold. Another guy comes on the phone. Hi, how can I help you? Yeah, I'm standing at the front door. Can I please come in? And he said, well, uh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a dirt bike. And I know you have some. Well, yeah, we sold a lot during COVID, but we still have some. Um, is there a certain model or that you're looking for? I said, well. Uh, can I just come in and look? I'm looking. I'm, I'm actually looking for a friend. He's kind of got short legs, so I'm looking for a low bike. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, tell me about your friend. What what kind of bike is he looking for? Uh, how tall is he? I'm like, well, um, I, I'm actually coming to, to look for him. Um, so can I just come in? He goes, well, uh, do, are you familiar with bikes? Do you know much about bikes? Uh, yes, I do. Um. Uh, can I just come in and look at him? Well, uh, I have to make an appointment for you. Um, first off, tell me your uh, your friend's name and what's his phone number. Do you have that on you? And I'm in the hot sun, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. Can I come in or not? And he said, Well, um, I have to check and see if we have uh, uh, an appointment available. I'm like, Look, I'm standing at the door right now. I just want to know, can I come in right now or not? It's that simple. Oh, well, I I'd have to go check the book and see. And I said, You know what? Thank you for your time. Click. I was like, what is going on? That is quite well, odd. Oh, Bagel, well, you have a guess? Well, I, I want to say <laughs> that sounds very much like the 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 up, opposite side of the story that I've heard Phil tell on Cleveland Moto about how he's running his shop. Because he's running his shop by appointment only uh, for because of COVID mm-hmm. and, and to keep make sure that there's only a certain number of people in the shop at any given time. Um, now I, I, I agree that the guy who talked on the phone really, uh, was very evasive and should have answered your question directly. Yeah. That was the weird part. If there, and if, if, if he needed to find a time slot when you could come in the shop, because there are people in there now and like they're scheduled from two to two thirty, and you can come in from two thirty to three, you know, if that's open, then he should just tell you that. Um, I don't know why he was being so evasive and, and like not. Well, and that's the thing. And it's a pretty good sized showroom. It's very easy to stay 20 feet away from people at all times. Well, 
Yes, but it's it's not just about the distance. It's yeah. about the air circulation and who knows what kind of air system they have in yeah. there. And it, it may not be... Well, but here's the thing. Fresh air in the place. Again, a lot of the um, uh, restrictions have been lifted. It's not a state or county well, mandate there. Right. And but it was weird, not, but it, Emma right, hasn't... Right, but it's not about what the county or yeah. anybody else says because as far as I'm concerned... The, the the state and local governments are pushing to reopen because businesses are breathing down their necks. Yeah. What I think is more important is to make sure that people are safe. And right now, with like 25% of the population at most vaccinated, I don't think it's the time to be just opening the floodgates and letting people in because... I mean, if, if maybe if, if they want to check and see if you've got, you know, your vaccine, maybe that's a different story. It was but, it was weird. But people people don't want to check about that because then people who haven't gotten vaccinated get, you know, treated shitty and stuff. And, and we don't want to go down that road. So honestly, I think it's it's fine to continue being cautious and, and be limited yeah. in, in how many people you can interact with in, the, in any given time. For the foreseeable future, until we have you know sixty, seventy, eighty percent immune or uh, immunization rates. Yeah, but we know that Phil at Cleveland Moda will just cut to the chase. Like, sorry, dude, I don't have an right. appointment right now. And that's Agreed. the thing that was weird. He was trying yeah. to collect information from me, and when he asked me for John's name and phone number, yeah. So and, and Emma that, had that, Emma had a different theory, which is kind of weird. Well, I, well, it's, I mean, it's not weird. I've got some history with this gentleman. Oh. And his MO is collecting as much information on clients and prospective clients as possible, almost like keeping a database on it. Hmm. And it's become something of an obsession. Whenever you become obsessed over anything, it's never a healthy place to be mentally. And I'm not suggesting he's dribbling down his shirt or anything like that. <laughs> but he's getting to the stage now where his priorities are a little <clears throat> wonky. He needs to spend a little less time on collecting information about people and a little more time on giving customer service. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, it sound, if that's the case, it sounds like he's, he's more interested in marketing than uh, – helping customers well it's neither it's no? it's not actually a marketing thing really and it's not something that i feel i should be talking about on the podcast mm. because yeah. ultimately we are a motorcycle podcast um and not a political or religious it, it might be something nefarious that's what she's saying yeah it was well, it was know, weird it's not an illegal thing. I mean, no. ultimately, you could argue he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to serve somebody very very well, and you know, he, in his mind, he's doing it for the I, greater good. I think he's an Amway salesman. That's but, what I think. Yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. And uh, can <laughs> I interest you in this diamond coat, Carlex? <laughs> um, and then um, uh, before we wrap up, one last thing, just as another kind of announcement, but also what we did this weekend. Uh, uh, Mikey three times and John and I went down to Jocelyn Snow's garage yesterday. And yeah, we going yeah, Jocelyn is. Very good. Um, and we went down and filmed a new episode of The Garagenous Zone. If you don't know what that is, it is uh, another series that I started on our YouTube channel, Recycle Santa Cruz. Um, I won't, this is just the second episode, but it's basically showing off a really cool garages where people have done really cool things and found good ideas to come up with different storage or 
aesthetics. And John, wouldn't you say that her garage is equal parts um, aesthetics and function? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's she has got such an amazing eye for mm-hmm. uh, for aesthetics. Everything has a place. Uh, and and just the ambiance of the garage, you know, the bar and everything hanging up. And it's, a, it's just such a great spot to be in. But it's a functional garage. It's still a working garage, which just makes it even cooler. But she does little stuff just to give you an idea. Um, a lot of people have a, uh, a, a garage door opener and you have that weird like genie or something just looks like a spaceship hanging in this. She put like an old uh, apple. I, she put like an old apple crate up on it. So you're just looking mm-hmm. at an old antique crate i thought genies were blue and talk like robin williams yes exactly oh different kind of genie exactly but she did it on a budget and she found some barn wood out and back and cut it up and and lined one of the walls you know with barn wood um and corrugated metal is a great way actually one of the things i really liked she had like many people do like almost what you can see like you look at bagel he's got those shelving back there she had old built-in cabinets in the garage that were good solid wood but you get those old like 40s cabinets I, they're, they're not pretty right Liza, <clears throat> i've told you before about re- being rude to people and describing bagel's hairstyle like that is deeply <laughs> troubling uh, but, your, your your hairstyle doesn't look like shelving bagel. Well, thank you. Abby. But what well, she, actually it does, but I wouldn't say that loud. But what she did was <laughs> she that. made uh, she used some rail some rail that she hung on a um, like she put like a, a countertop on top that extends past them, and she put some rail and has sliding doors in front of these old cabinets covered with barnwood. So oh, it just looks very nice, but then you can slide it aside and you have these old cabinets just shoved full of paint cans and stuff like that. And so just an amazing eye. So I'm going to be working on that the next few weeks and editing the garage in a zone. But it was a real treat to be out there with her and with somebody who really has that great eye. Um, and we were talking about that crazy BMW dirt bike that I've never seen before. Yeah, she's got a 450 dirt bike that they only made for two years. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, at some stage, later, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, most especially you, but I would like to do um, an Emma and Liza stories from the Talbot Museum. Very soon. Yeah, we need to pick a date to do that and go do another yeah, Misfits. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk with Rob, um, who's an absolute dear and has been very, very generous with his time and wallet at Motortown. I have an idea. He's... Oh yes! Could you call it "Tales from the Talbot"? <laughs> we could call it "Tales from the Talbot," um, but I think that that'd be a nice show, and we can just do we can do a little bit of one-on-one, just you and me, Liza, and uh, yeah. Rob as well, and just you know, do Rob's personal favorites because he's such an interesting guy, mm-hmm. and he has got he has got quite a few favorites in there that are deeply personal. So I think that would be a really, really good show. Kind of get beyond the trinkets and the museum pieces and actually get down to what's dear to him personally. Yeah, it it takes a lot of work. I showed John, I've got like the first 20 seconds of this video kind of set, and that took me about four hours. Right. So it's very uh, time consuming, but I love it. Um, John, should we even talk about our idea for the next one? The one we've been discussing? Yeah. 
So we have sure. a, a new series John and I are talking about, but I'm passing the torch to him for production. He gets to do all the production end. Uh, I think you guys will like this one. Tell me what you think. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. thinking about uh, doing gas tank tacos. Gas tank tacos. Uh, but uh, highlighting different taquerias around wherever and also tying in, you know, rides to the taquerias and then also um, talking about, you know, the restaurant itself, too, and sort of bringing in some of the some of the heroic stories about restaurateurs. Yeah, basically, like, let's say Doug was our guest. Like, we have a guest. Like, I'm like, hey, Doug, we're going to film an episode of Gas Tank Tacos. Let's go ride to the taqueria down the street. But first, let's go ride on West Cliff, have a nice ride. We'll go to the taqueria, get some tacos, try them out. I always ask them, what's your best, you know, taco that you have? And then I want you to tell me about the bike that you're riding and why you love that bike. Yep. It's and we can like get cars and coffee, but uh, yeah, kind of like cars and coffee, yeah, but it's gas tank tacos. Ta- I like it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Eat to ride, ride to eat. Live to ride, ride to ride. eat. Stick with that motto. Exactly. Um, well, you guys, I've gone down my list. Do you guys have anything you need to uh, bring up or mention before we wrap up? Mark Marcus is back this weekend, so I haven't seen the races yet. So I don't. Oh, he's been out a here. while. It's last year, yeah. So yeah. He just finally came back. So we'll see. We'll see what happens and see if Rossi can try to figure out what's wrong. He's just been having a horrible year, and he's. I think he's one podium away from the record. So, um, so I, I haven't seen that yet. Like, like I said, but, and then I'm always cheering for Joe Roberts. He had a really good qualifying. He's the American rider in moto two. And, uh, so hopefully he did well too. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll update you more on that maybe next week. So, uh, so you guys can all watch it. And, Just curious. Um, is Joe of the clan Roberts? No, he's not. He's from LA. Okay. I thought that too, but no. Yeah. Um, and can, I love Cambodia. So I'm, so um, I'm cheering on Cambobier. So I keep keep right. pimping him. Let's cheer him on and see him move up into uh, into the MotoGP. Very good. Go ahead, Emma. Can I give a brief MotoTown update? Yes. Good. Well, I was very excited because um, the the garage is coming along very very well, and I mean it's it's, it's pretty habitable right now. We're shooting for a opening date the first week in May. So. Basically, when we come back from the one show, I need to get to work and actually start fixing some damn bikes. However, this was a big week because I got into the restroom. Um, I'm very, very excited. That's a big deal. Very, very excited. It is a big deal because I've got my own restroom that's dedicated to me and my customers. So Miss Emma is no longer constipated. But there's a but. There's a but. Well, well, we're going to come in the restroom usually. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Not in this one for the last 20 years. Mototown, <laughs> Mototown is on the site of an old abandoned gas station. And back in the days, we there were obviously men's restrooms and women's restrooms. And the, the garage, uh, the bay part of the garage, you know, the Workshop bays mm-hmm. are occupied by a um, mechanic. And for his business, he obviously got the men's restroom. And so I inherited the women's restroom. The, the big problem is there was a padlock on the door that nobody knew the combination <laughs> to. And it had been on there for 20 years. Nobody had been in this restroom for 20 years. So finally, I said to the landlord, I said, look, we need to do something about this. Do you have any objection if I cut the padlock off? And he said, no, go ahead, you know, because he said, I know you'll put a new lock on it. So I cut the padlock off. And um, 
I went into a restroom that nobody had been in for 20 years. <laughs> you know. Well, tell me the last person flushed the toilet, right? Please. Well, uh, you know when occasionally <laughs> you use the restroom and you say to the next person, I said, just give it a, I just give it a while before you go in there. I think that's actually what happened. I think somebody said, I wouldn't go in there for a while if I were you. And the person said, well, how long do you think it should be? Oh, 20 years should do it. And so I got in there. And I think actually probably another 10 years would have been better for me. Um, however, I went in there and walked straight out again very quickly and got my pressure washer. And then extremely strong bleach. And uh, went in with the uh, pressure washer and a mask on and, and got everything spick and span. So, clean restroom. It's a disgusting shade of green, so I'm going to paint it white this week. And I'm just going to put little motorbike trinkets in it, little motorbike trinkets. Nice. I've got this light with a pull cord on it. And I actually, I meant to ask you this week, Liza, if you have a little die-cast motorbike that I can have on a chain so you can turn the light on by pulling a little motorbike. No. You do have any die-cast motorbikes, Liza? No, you cannot have any of my motorcycles. They're mine, all mine. I'm sure we can <laughs> find one somewhere. But, yeah, Emma, I do have something for you. <clears throat> yes. I have a. Uh, I still have a bunch of uh, old license plates we've never put up that I thought would look good at your Yeah, shop. brilliant. I've already got some license plates around the top, so we'll put some license plates up around the top. And very exciting news for me. Um, I met one of the elders from the uh, Esalen tribe, the Native American tribe. Um, and the Esalen, like the Ohlone, were very nomadic. And they kind of switched. You know, they, they'd move up and down the coast. But basically, the Esalen were no strangers to Marina. And she's going to come in and actually perform a very traditional Esalen um, ceremony in there and oh, wow. leave me a trinket just make me at peace with the native american land that i'm on does it um, involve pissing in an airbox yes <laughs> yes and giving me 300 dollars because uh she's doing me a favor um, but no it's um she's going to do a very traditional lesson ceremony and just kind of make me okay with the native american land i'm on and i'm very excited about that um, and then we're, we're going to fix some damn motorbikes. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be brilliant, really. And I might fix one or two scooters as well. What do you have to say about that bagel? I like the sound of that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to have some fun with it, I think. Nice. it's. Um, I'm regarding it as much as an art installation as a motorbike shop. So um, well, I might be able to send some people your way. Good hey, oh. Emma? <clears throat> yes. Um, Next time I come down there, I would love to perform a ritual in the bathroom. I bet you would. I bet you would. And uh, don't Jim go in there for a while afterwards. 20 years would, would be right. Yeah, I was going to say probably another pair just fine. No, it's okay because I, I got my pressure washer and the bleach now. I had to buy it specially. Listen, let me tell you how bad this bathroom was. The bathroom was bad enough that I quietly closed the door. And traumatized, I drove down to Home Depot and bought a $300 pressure washer silently. <laughs> drove back, still in a state of trauma. Sat down, read the owner's manual, bought the biggest tub of strong bleach I could. And only then could I speak. That's how bad the bathroom was. Oh and what, what did you say when you finally spoke? Um, 
I just I breathed the clean air. It was fantastic. <laughs> the bleach, it smelled so good. <laughs> Thank Christ. Mm, mm, that smells pine all fresh. Mm. Oh my. But no, I'm excited. I got yeah. my own damn bathroom. Um and I got some giant Mototown stickers for the El Camino. And we've got one on each door and one on the tailgate. And I was so excited, nice. I ordered a fourth sticker, which I'm going to slap on the restroom door. So I'm going to have one of these keys that's on this giant wooden thing, so you can't attach it to it a home. tire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You drag the tire over there. Um, and um, I said, well, you know, the restroom's around the corner. And they said, which one is it? I said, well, you won't need to know because you'll see. It's a big giant Mototan sticker on the door. It's very exciting. Nice. You know? Oh, shoot. I forgot. We had a couple emails. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Let me I'm get... going to buy oh. soft toilet paper and everything. I'm not going to do the hard the hard medicated Ooh. stuff. I'm going to do the nice somebody's, fancy. If somebody's traveling through Monterey and, and, you know, like nature calls, can they drop by and yeah, of course they can. give you a present? Listen, having dicked around <laughs> with motorcycles for 45 years, the one thing I want when I make a stop is I want a hot drink and I want to go for a pee. So at Mototown, the coffee is always free. And if you want to come in and just use my restroom, feel free. And perform a ritual. And perform a very, very bitchy. <laughs> and don't go in there for a while if I were you. <laughs> and don't forget to spread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of emails real quick. Uh, this first one is from Jeff, and he says, "Greetings from Bend Over. I mean, Oregon." <laughs> hello, hello. Is it is it Bend in Jeff Oregon or Jeff in Bend Oregon? Hello, I, Jeff. He says, "I'm not a financial supporter of the show, but I really do appreciate what you guys are doing and the cast of characters you've assembled. I can be rather socially inept most of the time, and listening to the podcast every week makes me feel like there's some people who actually care about one another, and that's a tribe I'd like to belong to. We are very good actors." Anywho, we'll <laughs> I'd like to try and give something to show my appreciation. So if you can send me your mailing address, I'd like to send some unused gear for the free stuff room at the garage. Oh, Says, thanks again. Love. Yours and Emma's belly laughs always bring a smile to my face. Hmm. Nice. Aw. So, um, Jeff, update. I got a box today. I believe it was yours. So thank you very much. And actually, further update. <clears throat> I've never been able to say no to anyone who's offered to drop off gear, to ship gear. Um, we have had, uh, let's say I have a, a good problem. The problem is I have far more people donating stuff to the garage than I have people who need gear. And I have amassed a huge pile of gear in that room. <clears throat> By that room, it's a hallway. Let's just face it, it's a hallway. Um, so I just want to let people know um, the answer is still yes. If you'd like to send your gear, your extra parts, your manuals, um, send them over. We will find a home for them. I am working on a solution. One of the solutions is I'm going to start reaching out to some of the local co-op garages in the area and to see if they will put them on their consignment rack. And then I want the proceeds to go to uh, like first rides or uh, maybe some other nonprofits that could use the money um, because we could still sell cheap gear to people who need it, make it affordable 
and give that money to some great organizations. Right. And I'm I'm going to do a rack at Motortown. Yep. I mean, you've seen my spot. It is quite humble. It's 800 square feet. Now, that sounds like a great huge amount. But believe me, when you've got 20 motorbikes in there and God knows what, it's tight. But part of my vision for Motortown is supporting things like first rides, supporting um, Recycle Garage mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I'm going to do a rack. It's going to be perfect for me because if somebody's just starting out, they're short of gear, they can come in. If they haven't got much bread, why don't you make a $10 donation for that jacket and you know the money's going somewhere yeah. good, like first rides. Yeah. So um, feel free to still send in your gear, drop it off. We appreciate it so much. We are finding a way to get it back out to the people who need it uh, for an affordable price. And I'm still going to keep a little bit of everything here for the people who show up in garden gloves and flip flops. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Lord, we've seen it. Uh, so last one. Okay. This one is from Brian. He Hello, says, Brian. He says, hey, you randy bunch of motosexual miscreants. Boy, he sure does got us pegged. He knows us. I know. Says, first off, just want to let you all know how much I love the podcast. My commute is a little under an hour each way from San Jose down into the San Lorenzo Valley, and I love listening about motorcycles whilst giving mine the beans. I wish I could come down to the garage, but alas, I work until four every Sunday. So I've been sinking the throttle bodies on my XSR 900 the last three or four intervals, and I've been doing it without the airbox on so I could get to the adjuster screws. Yeah, to my okay. horror, closer reading of the service manual seems to indicate I should be doing it with the airbox fitted. I've been careful to make sure there's no crud lying about to get sucked in, but I now wonder if I have done damage. What's the correct way no. to go about sinking my throttle bodies? Thanks for doing the podcast and finding the good fight, Brian. Okay, so um, sinking the throttle bodies, basically what you're doing, when you're sinking the throttle bodies, you're actually doing a bypass. You're bypassing them. There's actually a bypass mm-hmm. um, circuit. And believe me, an XSR900 will tell you if the throttle body's a way out because it'll clunk, 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 clunk at idle. It's only got three cylinders, you see. Um, and they, funny enough, you know, it's funny how some bikes are quite heavy on things. You know, I've always found Jixxers to be very heavy on plugs. They like their spark plugs. Um, and for some reason, those Yamaha triples are heavy on carb sinking. They, they knock their carbs out of sync quite often what difference does it make if the airbox is off um truthfully very little because you you have to mitigate your circumstances if you want to do it to the letter yes the airbox is has to be on but it's going to be so awkward to do it with the airbox on the chances are <coughs> But after you've been at it for two hours and you still haven't quite got it right, you're going to say, oh, screw this. It'll be good enough. So personally, I think he's doing it the right way. Pull the airbox off. Make it easy on yourself. Get to the adjuster screws. Make sure they're even. And with the airbox on, 
as long as it's not chunking at idle, you're fine. If you're worried about sucking in air with the airbox off, don't. Trust me, it'll be just ducky. I wouldn't do it in the sandstorm, but <laughs> in San Jose, if you've just got the airbox off for 10 minutes while you're sinking the carbs, there's nothing you can do to hurt that engine. It's a very, very tough, robust engine. I used to work on one that for a um, – it was actually a fighter pilot in the Israeli Air Force, and he was at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, and he brought this thing over from Israel with him. And it wasn't the uh, the XSR, but it was one with the same engine. I think mm -hmm. it was the FJ09. And it got like 168,000 kilometers on it. So it was well over 100,000 miles. Still ran like an absolute top. So they're tough engines. So don't worry about it. If you've got the technique down with the airbox off, that's the technique. You know, somebody wise once told me, um, because I'm always on a crusade to lose weight, what is the best exercise you can, you know, what's the best exercise for you? Doing the valves on a uh, Jixer? No. Oh. Power spring you, bathroom? The one you do. It's the one you actually do. And it's very, very wise words. The one that you actually do is the best exercise for you. And the same goes with motorcycle maintenance. Yes, there is a correct way to do it. But if that correct way is so convoluted and awkward without the genuine Yamaha tools or the genuine Honda tools or the genuine Suzuki tools, and you've come up with a technique that makes it easy, trust me, that's the good technique to use. And pulling off an airbox to sink your car bodies and putting the airbox back on, oh, believe me, that's nothing. The nice. flow characteristics might be a tiny bit different with the airbox on, but not enough to knock knock the sink out. So don't worry about it. Cool. All right, I got about that? time for one more. Oh, good. Uh, and this one uh, says, "Hey, I love the podcast. I especially love it when Stumpy John is on. I know he's oh. just a stunt misfit, but I'd really like to see him become a regular misfit and be on every time." Signed, my mom right in. Liza. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> John, you've what? been a stunt misfit when we needed you. And I wanted to extend the invitation. John, would you like to be a regular misfit? Oh, I am beyond honored. But Bagel has to approve. Because I'm already said no. Because so. <laughs> I'm said no. And Doug, you're the tiebreaker. So, you know. We're be best, we're be <laughs> Did you happen to go buy that CM230? Um, nope. Ooh, that's a mess. Oh. Uh-oh. Well, you know. The, I'm joking, man. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Yeah, the, Thanks, brother. And the reason I said no, John, is because I kind of knew what was coming tonight. So I thought I'd keep you on tender hooks. But, yeah, welcome to the Misfits. <laughs> oh, what, a, what, what an honor. Bagel, so say there. you. Yes, bagel, yay! So I can stay on your couch now, bagel. Anytime I'm in Portland, is that okay? Well, I'm not in Portland, but can I poop sure. in your? Can I poop in your bathroom? Can you perform a ritual <laughs> yes, in I your? Uh, wouldn't go in there for a while afterwards. Though. <laughs> we, we have fans, unless you bring your own pressure washer. Mm. So um, I hope it's not going to be that big of a mess. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to. So next week is going to be um, a normal misfit evening, if there is such a thing. But the following week, 
we will be doing the show from Bagel's Garage. Oh, right. No. Well, I won't be. Some of us will. No, no, you won't be. But me and uh, me and Mike McCarthy and John will be. Which actually brings me up. Hey, John, now that you're an official misfit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, well, and Douglas, do would either of you be interested in running the garage in two weeks when we are all up in Oregon? Yeah, I do. Douglas does it. Yeah. yeah. Yay. I figured Yay. I can. Charlie usually shows up for the whole hall, too. So I could rely on the three of you. And <clears throat> that'd be great. Because we'll it. have people like Amber there who's just going to need a little more help and, and kind of keeping an eye on her. And this is, uh, this is uh, two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. I'll, re yes. I'll remind you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, so congratulations, John. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you've you've you. been reliable and, and also fun to ride with and hang out with. Um, so I think that gets us to the end. A big thanks to all of our listeners. Don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Also, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Recycle Santa Cruz. And since I'm plugging us, I have to plug our friends over at Cleveland Moto because Sleepy is killing it with all the series he's doing with Unky Phil. I don't know if you guys have seen them. It's great. Oh, yeah. They're great. <clears throat> Cleveland Moto. Who? Oh, Jesus. Orange <laughs> guys. Those Orange guys. County choppers. That's what I'm talking about. And like, um, we have more room for Patreon subscribers to join us? For page, yeah, you can go. Can we take more Patreon subscribers? You can always more? take on more Patreon subscribers. I don't know if we have any more slots. I'd have to see. We have a limit on how many Ask Miss Emma's. Um, I'll see, but um, she's let me expand and expand it. Um, but it's not too late to become a Patreon subscriber and get some of the free swag. And you know, like I my mean, cool do rag. He's yeah. And you know, here's an incentive. Let's, let's put another uh, spot out there. Let's put at least one more spot out there. Well, Emma, so, we need to kick some of the money back to you to get better, um, Wi-Fi because <laughs> I don't know if you know, you sound drunk a lot of the time. Because oh, I am. <laughs> it's all the gin, darling. That's what it sounds drunk. like. It's only gin, darling. Gin-soaked <laughs> Emma, darling. Um, no, I mean, you know, if you think I sound drunk, you should try try spending an evening in my body, darling. It's no joke. Um, but, um, yeah, let's open one more uh, Ask Miss Emma spot. I'll check um, and see. We're not going to say for <clears throat> But yeah, check and see if we if we can open it up. It's okay with me. Well, for another one. we'll see. And there's a bit of an incentive, and you know, if you haven't had me make fun of your choices with maintenance or choosing a bike, you ain't lived. Because <laughs> no, I will judge you. I will judge you as my cat judges me. Funnily enough, go. when I'm sitting on the toilet. It's been a very oh toilet-centric episode. Yes, it this has. Week, hasn't it? Well, you can't go wrong with potty humor. I mean, come on. True. Oh, true. Yeah. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> I know, right? it so, and, and lastly, thanks to everyone who emails in. Keep those emails coming. I'd like to hear uh, maybe some of your suggestions for these bike names, if you uh, have a better idea for some of these. Um, also, we haven't done this for a while, but let's uh, put a call out again for shop shout-outs. I really love it when people send us in their local shops that they want to sing some praise to because there's not enough of that happening for local shops 
Have um, you heard about the shopping marina called Mototown? It's the best. They I've heard of it. Only play the Supremes. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's uh, got the Barry Gordy playlist. Exactly. <laughs> That will be fun. So, uh, finishing up, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. Bagel. Douglas. Emma Darling. Bumpy John. <laughs> and we're out of here. Cool. Cool. Oh, cool. oh we did that right. We did. Yeah.